now, 92.9 FM ESPN presents Memphis's biggest sports columnist. You ain't gotta do nothing, homeboy. You ain't writing nothing. No, you ain't. ain't writing nothing. I ain't letting him write. He ain't getting no interviews. It's the award-winning Jeff Calkins from the Daily Memphian and the Jeff Calkins Show. I don't get no interviews. I know. I'm good. I'm good. On 92.9 FM ESPN. Gentlemen, this is something they call a groundbreaker. So let me first apologize to the shots and the ties for your makeup. Cause I make you ugly as soon as it drops. We're on a rampage. Bubbles popping up before you know where there's rubble enough. Cause we'll be pushing it up. Somebody say, Gentlemen, what you're about to witness is no illusion. And now we got the bass banging from head to Buckingham Palace. They're all moving. Hey, Simon. Morning, everybody. Happy Thursday. And radio show. Dan Devine joins us. Your man, Devine. We'll talk NBA basketball with him. How much uh, more? How long are we going to have to talk actual games with your man Divine? I don't know because last night felt like a a return to we thought Denver was better. Like they kind of showed it, but at the same time, it's like doubting Miami's how if they if they if they they could wrap it up Monday night if they if they win the rest right correct isn't that that would be game five yes. And so this could this could easily be our last chance to talk about the, the the game the night before. Correct. Ongoing NBA basketball with Dan Devine. Correct. I still think Miami probably gets another. Probably gets another, and I think this. So that's Wednesday night. But so I think I, we'll I think re- this will be similar to Denver series with Phoenix, where they win in six, but it's on the road. Uh. Anyway, Dan Devine's going to join us in the next segment. Then Chris Harrington, and then. It's Thursday, and so we are playing, I guess, right? He's, Kevin's not on the – what happened last week on uh, Right and Right Trivia when I wasn't here? Jeff, we, we, don't, we, don't, talk we, about, we don't talk about the past. We just we focus on com- the next Was play. it competitive? Do you recall? I played really well. Oh, you crushed it. Like, really well. Like, Tiger, like, really, <laughs> really well. Uh, so, uh, well, poor, poor – I don't think I missed a question. Now, it was one of those ones where the guy that I was playing – he just picked the wrong categories. Like I think if if he picks the opposite categories, would he have won? I think so because the questions he got, like I had no idea. And then Mike, right. he he had control, but he just correct. It's like the pick of the wrong grocery line. Yeah, sometimes you just do which it. which I always do. the wrong the wrong uh, line in security. Like, like, everybody yeah. thinks they pick the wrong line. I think it's proven that I do. Even my wife is like, "You're just really bad at this." <laughs> to which I was like, "I I acknowledge it. Like I don't fight back on that." Anyway, we'll be playing. Uh, he's good at some things, like right or the right trivia. Bad at other things, like picking, picking the right lines. line. Um, 
we will play Rider Than Right trivia. What will what will folks be competing for today, Jeff? Jeffrey? An exciting prize. Nickelback with Brantley Grant and Josh Ross. It's September the 17th at Bank Plus Amphitheater. Tickets will be available to the general public on Tuesday, but you'll be playing for your chance to win them before you can buy them. Okay, now you call them Nickelback with who? Brantley Grant and Josh Ross. What's that? Uh, I, I presume they're people in like kind of the the rock scene. They're openers. Correct. I see. They're openers. Yes, they're for opening Nickelback. for Nickelback. Nickelback is that. All right. So Nickelback, tickets to Nickelback. How many? Two tickets to go see Nickelback. Two tickets to go see Nickelback. All you got to do, let's be honest, we aren't going to ask you to try to beat Jeffrey because very few do. Uh, we will ask you simply to play honorably. And uh, if you beat him, so much the better. Um, all right. So that's the lineup. Dan Devine. Chris Harrington, then writer, then write trivia. Uh, it's national. It's National Best Friends Day, Jeffrey. Uh, na- not National Friends Day. National Best Friends. Day. And not National Man's Best Friend Day. Not so. This is not, not our pops. Not, not that would be not na- not National Man's Best Friend Day. My question for you is: Do you have a best friend? I have a group of best ah, friends. Yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 I, no, 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 no. There's no there's such thing as a group of best friends. Do you have a – and do, do most people have – If I, I'm not saying that most people have to say it out loud, but the most people have a best friend. A, I, I would say probably. I think I'm more in the minority. Like, I think you're you more – You have a right. group of friends. Yes. It's like the same friends I've had since I was like in fourth grade. I think most people have not just a group of friends. They have constellations of friends. Yeah. They have, oh, here's my uh, golf friends. Yeah. And here's my uh, poker playing friends. Yeah. And here's my college friends. friends. And here's my college friends. College friends generally fit in their own category. They're people who you don't actually keep in touch with all that much necessarily, but when you do... You feel like you're right back where you left yeah, off. Yeah, we got to do this again. Right, right. And it and it doesn't take any time when you when you get together to go to being exactly where you were when you left ten years before. Yeah, or whatever it was. But that's the general I, my experience with a lot of college friends. And there's yeah, there's your high school friends. It's interesting to me. Some people's best some it, whatever. Um, there's your work friends. There's 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 all kinds of friends. Um, Claire, my best friend, you have to say. Uh, Charles has been bumped from that. No, Charles is clearly my best friend. It's not even like Charles is my best friend. It's not. I, I, I talk to him 17 times a day. So, yes, he's my best friend. Um, but Claire has this view. What do you think of this? That you don't make friends. You recognize them. Meaning, I, of course you have to meet them. You have to go through the yeah. steps of whatever. But the truth of the matter is when you – when you bump into someone, cross paths with someone who's going to actually might someday be one of your really good friends, it's 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 a matter of you just say, oh yeah, that's my that's my kind of person, right? Like that, yes. You can you can have you can go through the do friend type things with people who don't mm-hmm. quite fit endlessly, but uh, someone who you're going to be great friends with. Uh, it's kind of like love. You, 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 that's kind of like love. You know, when you see it, you know, you, you, it's hard to define. But yeah, that's my that's my kind of person there. Yeah, if you're if you're making the distinction like close friends or that, I totally agree with that. Yeah, 
And uh, anyway, if you have a best friend out there, uh, 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 let them know today how much you appreciate them. Um, and uh, because there was, there was, Charles always referred to this, always talks about this longitudinal study about these, these people who were followed for 50, 70, I don't know how many decades it was, and about sort of the, the secret to a long, productive, healthy life. And it turns out that the most important thing, more than keeping track of your high blood pressure, more than uh, watching your cholesterol, more than regular exercise, more than anything else, is connections. That's the key. Yeah, relationships. Connections. Yeah. It's yeah. relationships. And uh, not, not that the other stuff doesn't matter. And it, it, it's, and it's all kinds of relationships. It is best friends, but it's also casual friends and whatever else. It's all kinds of relationships. So I want to celebrate uh, National Best Friends Day uh, with you all. Um, a little bit of sad news before we get into the meat of the, the day. Jeffrey the Iron Sheik died uh, yesterday. And uh, were you a big Iron Sheik fan? So he, he predates my wrestling fandom. I will say this. If you make it to 81 as a former professional wrestler, I think that's, if you put that like on the normal scale, I think that's like living to 110. <laughs> that's a full life as a wrestler. Like actually making it to your 80s. And why did they die? Oh, well, I mean. Lack the, of friends? No, I think no, it's. of course yeah, not. The, the <laughs> lack of meaningful relationships, <laughs> yes. Uh, connect, they didn't have enough connections. Is it? Is it just I mean, it's not the pounding their body takes. Well, I think is that's it as part... much of the internal, the stuff, the intaking of the body? Well, I mean, obviously. Is it know, steroids and all that kind of crap? Yeah, I don't know if the Sheik was a big. I'm roids. not saying the Sheik wasn't because no, he, well, he made yes, it to 82. I mean, that's is it one of the reasons that wrestlers oh, as a category die young? Yes. Steroid abuse. steroid abuse. Yes. And it's just like, think about it. You can wrestle into your 50s and your 60s for some guys. It's the. You know, you're on the road all the time. It's just like the physical toll it takes on your body. Like, even if you're, you know, everyone does this whole deal of like, well, you know, it's it's fixed. And it's like, yeah, but they're still taking the bumps. Like, they're still putting their body on the line. They still get hurt. Right. Like, imagine if athletes played until their 50s and their 60s. Like, that would take, it, sports already take an unbelievable toll on their body. Like, with wrestling, it's it just keeps going. Yeah. Um, he, he did have an interesting life. Born in Iran in 1942. Are you, by the way, uh, if I told you to enact a camel clutch, could you do that? That says move. No. No. Um, but he, he was a wrestler. He grew up in a working class family with little money, no running water. Um, he idolized Iranian Olympic gold medalist wrestler, uh, I can't pronounce the guy's name, and subsequently made himself as a, a name for himself as an amateur rest, amateur wrestler. Competed for a Scott, uh, spot on Iran's Greco-Roman wrestling team for the 1968 Summer Olympics in Mexico City. He then moved to the U.S. and became an assistant coach to the U.S. Olympic team. Yep. Do you know that? Uh, I mean, I, I learned it You've yesterday. Been reading it yesterday. Yes, exactly. In Munich, so yeah. those Munich games. Uh, he was an assistant wrestling coach for the um, United States. And then he went on uh, 
to turn himself into a heel. <laughs> and boy, was he a yeah. heel. I mean, what a... It is funny. We've gone from we've gone from the Iron Sheik to uh, the Saudi investment fund. Mm-hmm. Right now he'd so, be yeah. Now he'd be <laughs> right. And, and again, everything is wrestling. Vince was one of the first people to go to set, take some of that sweet Saudi cash. They took some. They got some oh, sweet Saudi yeah, cash. Oh yeah, like they had the the crown jewel. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so there you go. Uh, thoughts and prayers to the Iron Sheik's family. Um, as we mentioned, Denver beat Miami last night, 109-94. to Obviously, folks are talking about the two triple-doubles. Jokic, 30-20-10, uh, 10th triple-double of this postseason for Jokic. There's no doubt he's the best player in the NBA right now, right? I mean, Don't just- you feel like Jokic stats are a lot like Shohei Otani stats, like no one's done this since like 1941. Like, yeah, and so, and, yeah, everything. So, yeah, and it, but they almost don't. For whatever reason, they get discounted. Like they seem that they've gotten to be so routine that if you know, whatever, if uh, you know, pick your promising. If uh, if Jason Tatum were doing this, it would be treated with a more awe than they, now it's sort of bemused curiosity. I, I, I don't know. I don't know why. I think it's because it looks so easy. Like you look up and I mean, it's not just like a triple double for Jokic. It's 30. You know, it's 32 and then 21 rebounds. 21. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, and then Jamal Murray, of course, 34, 10 and 10. And so it didn't matter that Michael Porter Jr. couldn't hit a shot or yep. that Contavious Caldwell-Pope couldn't hit a shot. Like, it didn't, didn't, you're like, oh, well, their, their role players have got to be better than they've been, and they've got to be better than Miami's role players. And uh, Miami's role players weren't good last night either. But it, they, they, didn't, they didn't need them. Like, they, they didn't need them. No, um, I, the two things that stood out to me last night, one, as you point out, I'm willing to bet if Jokic and Murray each get 30-plus I'm willing to bet their winning percentage is pretty high. Also, also by the way, for that's the first time that has happened in a NBA Finals game. Two 30-point triple-doubles, first time ever. Uh, rebounding 58 to 33. That 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 I mean that was a huge because it wasn't even just like I felt like Miami at times like particularly in the fourth quarter like oh they started to get some stops but they couldn't get a rebound. Yeah. And then so the possession just kept going. And they shot 51% for the field. Yep. They've shot over 50% in every game. They only made four three-pointers, I think. Five. Right? Five, five three-pointers. That's right. The uh, uh, Jokic and Murray made four three-pointers yes. between them. Correct. The rest of the team, one of ten from three. Yes. Um, so the, they didn't have to hit three-pointers either. They just they, 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 that, they, they, they crushed it on the boards. They shot 51%, and you got two 30-point triple-doubles. Yeah. Points, I thought that points in the ahead. paint, yeah. sixty to thirty-four. <laughs> sixty to thirty-four points in the paint. There you go. I thought that I I very clearly am rooting for Denver. Are you very clearly rooting for Denver or not? Do you not care? I have found my. This is one of. The, I cannot think of another finals where, where you can't know. I don't really care who went. Like I, I'm, if either team won, I could figure out a way. They're like, okay, I think that's good. No, I I am deeply invested in the way. It's funny because I don't care. 
Like I don't at any, I don't care. I don't hate either of these teams. Um, it won't bother me if either of these teams win. It's not like, but it's this is easy to me. Like like, a I want Jokic to get his title. You know he's he's gotten everything else. Yep. Uh, truth of the matter is, I, I I think Kendrick Perkins is a jackass. Can I just say that he's a jackass on so many things? But I go back to Kendrick Perkins and Jokic. Like like sure. There was that. Add that to the to the to his litany of stupid things he says. Um, um, but I, I just I don't want anyone to find reasons to disparage Jokic because it's moronic. Yes, at this point, no. Like if you can't watch, and at some point, I do believe some of it was grounded in the fact that he's a European dude. You know, like I th- I I think people were more reluctant to give him his props because he's a big white European dude. Yeah, and I think there's always just. There's always just pushback to, like we saw it here with Mark, like when you are a big and you're just not, hey, go get in the post and let's feed you, everyone thinks you're soft. And it's like, I don't know how you can watch him play and think he's soft. So so I want Jokic to get his title. I, I don't feel any, I don't feel any need for Denver as a place to get another title. Like they have, uh, they have had the Avalanche recently won the cup. Um, they had... Denver won most recently with Peyton, right? I think it was 2015. Yeah, they won the Super Bowl yep. with well, the Broncos, won with Peyton. Eh, baseball. Baseball's been a struggle uh, for them. But, like, they've, they've, had, they've had two championships recently. They, I, but that franchise hasn't had any. The franchise has never no, been to a final. No, you're finally going for the, the Cronky sweep. <laughs> That's a problem. Don't love Cronky. But, but, yeah, so there you have uh, plenty of reasons to like Denver. And then as for Miami, I just don't like the heat culture. I, I don't like the slobbering. I do like the heat culture. I'm deeply envious of the heat culture, of course. But I'm sick of the slobbering over the heat culture. No, I mean, that's fine. And it's like, do I really need the people of Miami to have something else? That's like, the thing. Not, they, already, not really. they already, yeah, I don't need the people of Miami to have something else. But I, do, I didn't love Miami when I lived there. I do like the idea of... I think the team that most embodies playing team basketball, I... I, like, I, I that's the only reason why, like, if they won, yes. I wouldn't be the that The reason upset. is, is that, my God, look at what they did with that group, right? Yeah. That, and they find a way they every don't care about single the role, like, time. Yeah. Like, there's something very, very uh, easy to respect about, um, ab- about that team and so fine. But to me, it was like when I was hating the Warriors, I had to get over them. And I did. I, I did it, by the way. When I was hating the Warriors, I had to get over the fact that I think they play beautiful basketball. Yeah, yeah that, that was definitely a problem, but I found ways to do and that. And so here, yeah. the, the impediment is it's an incredibly admirable way they play basketball and admirable that they find a way. And I'm just going to get over it because I don't like Miami as a place. I don't, I don't like... Uh, I don't like the the glittering beaches mm-hmm. and the glamour, mm-hmm. and I don't like the smug heat culture. I didn't like David Fisdale coming to Memphis and preaching about heat culture to championship culture to to, yeah. to Zach and Mark and Mike and and Tony. I didn't like, and so I uh, no. It's, this is easy to me. This is easy to me. As I was watching it last night unfold, eh, Miami got off to a good start. Yep, and. Certainly the first half was close, right? Yeah. 
I mean, you could you you did get the sense that maybe Denver was starting to like pull away, but at the same time, we thought that during game two. The key was Jamal Murray, though. Yes. That was the key. My, my larger point is when it was close, when I was sitting there with butterflies, okay, kind of manufactured because I don't really care, but still butterflies about are my beloved Denver Nuggets going to win Correct. this game? The player who time and again, when things looked a little dicey, who came through, Jamal Murray. He was the key. Jokic is going to Jokic. Yep. But when, you, when Jamal Murray does what he does, 20 points in the first half, like, like right after that Bam dunk, yep. like everyone's going crazy, Bam, what do you call it, like Bam slam, like yep. whatever else. What is he? He drops in a three. Like I think he scored there immediately the next bucket right thereafter. They were at least three different times in the first half where I'm like, ooh, this could get dicey. And then and Murray drops in a three, often, by the way, either on a dribble handoff with Jokic or – just a ball, a ball screen. Like it was, the, the, the stat was Jokic set an all on ball screen 32 times for Jamal Murray, tied for the most of this season. And then the dribble handoff produced between the two produced fifth, led to 15 points. It was a thing of beauty. But Jamal Murray was the key. And then that almost enabled everything else to happen. No, I think he hit the nail on the head. The, Another thing that stood out about last night was every time you thought maybe Miami, it's like, oh, here they come. Here's their run. Like, this is their time. It felt like Dan, Denver just, like, quietly always just had an answer. Yeah. No, it did. And the answer was often was one often of those Jamal two. Murray. We will talk more about uh, this with Dan Devine coming up in the next segment, uh, also with Chris Harrington straight up at 10 o'clock. So we got a little bit of time to do some other things before all of that. One is wildfires. We haven't even mentioned them. Um, and I gather that there's some haziness in Memphis because of the wildfires as well. I was walking in the dog park two nights ago, and Claire says to me, is that smog? And I said, no, it's just, a, but uh, there, there's even a little haziness here. But um, right now on the East Coast, it's a freaking disaster. We had uh, not, only, not only two baseball games, Yankees and Phillies, postponed because of the air quality, because of the forest fires in Canada. We had an indoor event. <laughs> we had an indoor event. Not only that, there was literally a... <laughs> Here's how bad it was. I saw lots of things closed in New York yesterday afternoon. One of the things that closed because of... quote they, they, The sign said because of weather, a cigar bar. Oh. It's true. It's true. A cigar bar was closed see that. Because, because of, because of weather. Scene. So this is what the apocalypse looks like, ladies and gentlemen, right here. And uh, Jeff, as a survivor of the coral fires in 2007. Uh-huh. What were the coral fires? It was a, I mean, literally, it was wildfires that, like, came through Malibu. I did see people. Like, as a survivor uh -huh. of that, like. So where'd you, what'd you do? I hung out on campus. Where you see everyone, but so they didn't. They came through Malibu. Like they were they, they told close people to, to evacuate, but where was I going? Like, you know, the, the California kids like went home, but like, where was I going to go? Well, how far did the? How close did you come to the fire? So Pepperdine, obviously, this is a threat from from uh, like a natural, like it's a natural threat, just like we have tornadoes, like right. wildfires is a threat. Right. So Pepperdine's campus is like lined with limestone. Yeah, and so. 
you would see, like, I remember walking out of my dorm, turning back, and you see, like, literally, it did look like the apocalypse. You see, like, this red sky, like, smoke coming at you. Like, it felt like a disaster movie. But basically, what it did was it ravaged everything else around campus. Like, you would look. Are you saying that the limestone's like the bluffs? Correct. The bluffs protect us. I guess because it's anti inflammatory. And so you're seeing, like, when you walked, like, once they'd finally passed, you, you would look at the campus and, like, everything around it looks like just charred, burned, dead. And then the campus looks like Disney World, like green, palm trees, everything. I did see on social media yesterday, there was like, uh, New Yorkers, like New Yorkers saying, this is unacceptable. This mm-hmm. is, this is, and Californians are like, yeah, think, yeah. yeah, join the party. Welcome. Get up. What? You don't own a mask mm-hmm. yet? Like we're all going to own masks soon. And, uh, and one, cor- one of my college buddies lives in, in New York and he's just like, you notice you don't see me complaining. Yeah. He's like every other New Yorkers complaining. There have always been fires and, uh, and there will always be fires, but there are more fires now. And they're more severe now. And yes, don't be an idiot. It's because the world is hotter. You can see how that might work, right? You can see how that might work. Um, anyway, so that happened. Secondly, we have this really interesting uh, question. So we hadn't heard from Greg Norman. We had not heard from Greg Norman. And the thought was, well, he's, he's been cashiered. So what happens? He sends an email to employees of Live yesterday. Begins like this. Congratulations. You changed golf, and you did it in less than a year. Uh, and, uh, and there we go. He said, there will be no operational changes in 23, 24, 25, and into the future. And then Live is a standalone entity and will continue to be that moving forward, and that comes right from the top. So uh-huh. that is, uh, I, I do think this idea that Will is going away is crazy. First think, of all, the dude at the top is the dude who literally created Live. It's his baby. Yeah. It's his dream. He loves Live. So you're talking about Norman? No. Yasir? Yeah. No, he likes team golf. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I read Shipnuck's story. Shipnuck's story seems to be he's deeply invested in live. Shipnuck's story. Shipnuck and then the other people that I read. Now, has, like, has a sort of I, has a sort of a. I like has, Alan a lot. Has a I, pride of of birth of having. It's my baby. We like. L- I like, think that's marketing. L- like when the uh-huh. when the when the uh, Mickelson story came out and the whole thing was about to fall apart. And uh, that he personally took control. He made it happen. He, yes, he, well, not only does he love team golf, he loves golf, evidently. Like, if he, supposedly, if he loved volleyball, they'd be buying a volleyball. Like, that is a big part of this. He loves golf. And even though they own a uh, a Premier League soccer team. Newcastle. He doesn't really, He's not, like, welcomed in the locker room. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's not a – you don't get to hang out. But you do at golf. But in golf, yeah. he's a – he's a evidently – I mean, he went to Harvard Business School. Like, he's, you know, he's, he's not he, – he's, he's not like Iron Sheik or something here. You know, mm-hmm. he went to Harvard Business School. He's impeccable. He's uh, 
got great taste. He's a rich guy. And who are golfers? They're rich guys. They're all comfortable with each other in that rich guy kind of way, like born to money kind of way. And so they, Let's they, go sailing. They can scroll down the fairway and talk about whatever and ha-ha. And, uh, like, he likes golf at first. And then at least what Shipnock seems to be saying is he likes live golf. You don't believe it. You think he just likes team golf. Yes. I think you can, you can call anything live golf. I do not think I, – I, the amount – there's no way that it's going to continue because it's just such a losing Well, and then Rory, Rory said it will also continue. Well, well, Rory was interesting – because he said... It's obviously going to finish this year, to be clear. No, yeah, no, that's not yeah. the question. Uh, the question is, who's going forward? What's it going to look like? And, you know, Rory was two different ways. He said he felt like a sacrificial lamb, which is 100% how I would feel. Yeah. Uh, but then he also said, I think this is good for the game. And those you would think those are two opposing thoughts. How can you believe both those things? But I think both those are rational thoughts, right? Yeah. I was a sacrificial lamb. This is good for the game. Given given where the game was two months ago, yeah, um, not good for the game. Given where the game was three years, the ago. amount of money that's going to pour into professional good, golf, good for the is, game. Is, is as he said, for everyone. you can't stop Saudi money from coming into the. You know, it's going to come in. Let's let's use the money for good. Yes, you know, like like that that was his view. But then he's also the view that they're they're not going to let the live golfers back in. And I just don't believe. I think Rory's. I think Rory's dreaming. I agree with you on that. I think he also has to say that. Did you see in the ship next story that one of the the uh, one of the live uh, executives said they're going to have one thing they might do, for example, is have the live teams and then some teams that are thrown together from players on the PGA tour in certain events competing against the live teams, right? Yeah, and basically said everyone's going to get an offer, Rom, like all the they're all going to get an offer. Yep, except for Rory because he's a little bitch. Yeah. I did see that quote, and uh, there's no way that's happening. <laughs> I think that's that's fun to talk like that. Um, yeah, I mean, Monahan yesterday, even like on his unbelievable golf channel appearance yesterday, which was uh, truly remarkable. Like he even acknowledged, like the, these guys are going to get compensated. The guys who the stayed. guys who the stayed. guys that stayed are going to get paid. Well, the thing that's interesting to me. Jeff, I don't think you can like suspend and find the live guys. Part of the like part of the reason this is having to happen is so many sponsors are sitting there going, "We want the best players here." And we're not paying for we're not right, paying right, to have, right. you know, with all due respect to the Jeff Brejos of the world, that's not what we're paying for. One of one of the things that Norman said, you believe whether whether Norman will be attached to it or not, is that what this has done is cleared the way for sponsors to support Live Golf, and they're thrilled by that. They can now get sponsors' support for Live Golf. I do think one of the things that people are uh, silly about is thinking, like I've heard people talk with reference to the Memphis tournament, like do they even need FedEx money anymore? The Saudis don't want to spend money they don't have to spend. Correct. They're ha- they're more they, than they yes. want this to be a successful ongoing business. Then maybe they can go buy an NBA team or something else. Like, they, they, yes, they have a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of money. Yeah, but people who have a lot of money don't generally just like lighting it on fire. Well, and so also they are can, they are investors. Yeah. So and if, so if you invest in a company, you would like to see the money that you did, like the money that you put in. 
help the company grow and then so that you can make more money. More money and everything else. The idea that they don't want the FedExes of the world associated <laughs> yes. with their enterprise is insanity. I imagine they probably don't want to take money from, like, you know, someone that sponsors a tournament and then just tries to run ads saying, you know, F the Saudis. I would right, imagine right, they'd no, be opposed right. to that. But That'd be a fun but, little campaign. Yeah. Uh, we got, just as we were signing off yesterday, we had uh, the news that Josh Allen was uh, the uh, Madden cover. And I immediately got inundated with uh, texts about the curse. Yes, but we already established. No more curse. Curse is dead. Um, and the reason the curse is dead is is they so I'm, I I now have the list of the winners in front of me. Is it 2022? It was they had two cov- they had two people, Brady and Mahomes. Did did Mahomes win in 2022, or in 2020 it was just Mahomes? When did the Chiefs win the Super Bowl? It was I think so, it was the 2020 cover where they were both on it, and then no 2022 was when they were both on it. 2020 was when Mahomes alone was on it. So twenty, so twenty Madden twenty twenty two would be the twenty one season, and no, the the Chiefs did not win. That was uh, that was the Rams, but they made it to the whatever the they okay, still made it. So to the, did they win Madden twenty twenty? That was when they won. That's when they won. That's correct. Mahomes alone. Correct. And then they won the in the twenty one. And then in Madden eighteen was the year that Brady won the MVP. Right. It's amazing. The, the, the most fraudulent Madden covers. Well, the first Madden cover was Madden. Yeah, like the first uh, seven maybe. Right. But then they started doing the thing. Players, really, yes. Players started in 2001. Eddie George was number one. Tell me, in, in retrospect, these people were the cover people? I'm going to go through them pretty qu- quickly here. Eddie George, yes or no? Yes. Dante Culpepper? Yes. Marshall Falk? Yes. Michael Vick? Yes. Uh, that's, that's the all-timer. Ray Lewis? Yes. Donovan McNabb? Yes. Sean Alexander? Yes. How about this one? Vince Young? Yes. Vin- after, his rookie, after his rookie of the year. That's pathetic, yes. though. That, yes. That's pathetic. Mm-hmm. Yes? Yeah. Don't you look back at that one and think, ooh, he was on our cover? I mean, don't the Titans do the same thing? Yes, exactly. Yeah. I, 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 I disagree fervently. Yeah, but that's no games, way. Vince, that 10 games that he started no his rookie way. year, it was electric. That is, that is over. You, you, you're not getting away with that one. That's the one, like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. There's another. If you remember the actual season, it maybe is justifiable, but in retrospect, looks ridiculous. 2009, before he started bilking the state, Brett Favre. Yeah, but I mean, that's Brett Favre. Uh, and it's Bad's favorite player. Troy Palomalo and Larry Fitzgerald, mm-hmm. both deserving. Yeah. Uh, Drew Brees. Yeah. 2012. 2012. An Arkansas Razorback. Yeah. Any idea? It's Peyton Hills. It's Peyton Hills. Oh, yes. The freight train. The Peyton train. That looks ridiculous in retrospect. Yeah, but. He did have like that one. He year had that, that one year. Yeah, it's it's the flash in the pan, guys. The, there's only there's there's all, literally only only two. There's mm-hmm. only two flash in the pan. I do think you when you make someone the cover, they've got to be enduring. Yes, that you you want them enduring icons. You and don't also, want when you look one back, great year. When you look back on that year, like his numbers were good, but they weren't like 
overwhelmingly amazing. Like we got to get to the end of it. I'm gonna yeah, here we go. Calvin Johnson, Adrian Peterson, Barry. Calvin Sanders. Johnson was also like set their NFL record yes. that year. Richard Sherman, Odell Beckham Jr., Ugh. Rob Gronkowski, Tom Brady, Antonio. Brown, I guess you can roll your eyes a little at that, but he was awesome. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Brady that, that and Mahomes, was the mobile game. Madden, and now Josh Allen. we got to take a break. We'll come back. Dan Devine coming up next. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Coming up at 11 a.m., it's the Jason and John Show. Weekdays from 11 a.m. till 2 p.m. on 92.9 FM ESPN, Memphis's sports station. Calling all job seekers. The Federal Correctional Complex in Forest City is hosting a hiring event at the Academies of West Memphis High School. Thursday, June 8th from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. We're looking for dedicated individuals like you to join our team of correctional officers and medical staff. We're offering an incredible sign-on bonus starting at $10,000 and going up to $13,800 for correctional officers and incentives for medical staff, too. At FCC Forest City, we believe in taking care of our employees with a competitive salary, law enforcement retirement, opportunity for promotion, health, vision, and dental insurance, 11 paid holidays, and so much more. Take the first step towards a fulfilling career and join the Federal Correctional Complex in Forest City, Arkansas. Visit usajobs.gov to apply today and make plans to attend the June 8th hiring event at the Academies of West Memphis High School, located at 501 West Broadway Street in West Memphis, Arkansas, from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. FCC Forest City and the BOP are equal opportunity employers. <clears throat> Mom, Dad, Sis? Here we go again. Why are you in a suit? Picture, if you will, a world with the best network imaginable. I'm talking about the Xfinity 10G network. Go on. Mom, remember how your reality shows wouldn't load with all of us online? Now you can binge. And Susie will have fast internet in the basement. Nice. If you have any questions, here's my card. This is just your name on a gum wrapper. Introducing the 10G network only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Now through June 21st, new customers can get 200 megabit per second internet on the next generation Xfinity 10G network for just $25 a month for two years. Plus, there's no annual contract required and you get Wi-Fi equipment included. Go to Xfinity.com slash 10G, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Requires paperless billing and auto pay with stored bank account. Restrictions apply. Taxes and fees extra. After promo, regular rates apply. Actual speeds vary. Okay, fellas, game's on the line. Let's get it right. Frank, you were closest. Was it fair or foul? Uh, I don't know. I was distracted. Distracted? By what? Well, you know, it's a loud crowd. These lights are awful bright. I just won big on a Tennessee lottery instant game. And again, the lighting here, somebody ought to say something. You've got new instant games? Yeah. Enough to share? Of course. Fair ball! Have a ball with new instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Are you a maintenance mechanic, diesel mechanic, welder, or compactor repair person? Are you looking for a different kind of company and culture to be a part of? At Waste Connections and Team Waste, our employees reap the benefit of realizing their potential with our trust and full support. As a second-chance company, we offer competitive pay, a sign-on bonus, tuition reimbursement, tool reimbursement for our mechanics, and at the end of every workday, you get to be home. Our culture is built on taking care of each other and the communities we serve. 
Earth. Apply today at careers.wasteconnections.com and become a part of a great team of people. Attorney Joe Cordell. Divorce forces a father to focus on what's most important, his children. You may no longer be a husband, but you'll always be a dad. In the divorce process, this comes down to three key concerns. Physical custody, decision-making, as well as financial support. Each of these is important, and it's important that you choose a lawyer that cares as much about these issues as you do. Schedule an appointment with one of Cordell & Cordell's Memphis attorneys. 6000 Poplar Avenue, Suite 225, Memphis, Tennessee, 38119. CordellCordell.com. Hello, I'm Howard Mackler, founder of Innovation Refunds. You've heard me talking about the payroll tax refund for months. I'm so proud that we've helped over 15,000 businesses claim over $5 billion in cash incentives. If you own a business, even if you've asked your CPA about this, you owe it to yourself to take another look. Every client is assigned a licensed and insured tax attorney who evaluates your company at my expense to accurately determine eligibility. Innovation Refunds has hundreds of five-star reviews on Trustpilot and Google, and your business might be entitled to receive up to $26,000 per employee. Businesses of all types can qualify, including medical, professional, construction, even nonprofits. Please don't miss out on this. Even your doctor would tell you to get an expert second opinion, and we do a lot of work for doctors. Download the Innovation Refunds app now or go to GetRefunds.com to potentially get a payroll tax refund of $26,000 per employee. GetRefunds.com. GetRefunds.com. By texting 64,000, you agree to receive recurring automated marketing messages from Babbel. Message and data rates may apply. No purchase required. Terms apply. Available at Babbel.com slash TNC. I always wanted to learn Spanish, but I never thought I'd have the time. Then I discovered Babbel. Babbel's lessons are fun. They only take like 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks, you're starting to speak another language. Babbel's lessons are voiced by native speakers, so you get the pronunciation just right. If you want to learn a language, there's no better way than... Babbel. Text radio to 64,000 to try Babbel for free. Text radio to 64,000. It's the first day of the first grade and she found a new best friend. It's a layback Sunday afternoon you wish would never end. The homemade taste of bluebell and good friends gathered round. The good old days are being made right now. Your taste buds will be best buds with Dr. Pepper Float Ice Cream from Bluebell. The rich taste of creamy vanilla ice cream swirled together with the one-of-a-kind flavor of delicious Dr. Pepper. Treat yourself to a pint or half gallon today. The good old days are being made right now. Find Bluebell at Marion Marketplace in Marion, Arkansas, and Reed's Piggly Wiggly Supermarkets in North Mississippi. Jeff's guests appear on the Service Master by Cornerstone phone lines. The experts when it comes to disaster cleanup. Service Master by Cornerstone. Now, back to the Jeff Calkins Show, live from the Genesis Memphis Covington Bike Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. All right, back on the Jeff Gawkins Show, joined now by Dan Devine. Let's talk the NBA for Yahoo on Twitter at your man Devine, co-host of the No Cap Room podcast. It is part of the Ball Don't Lie podcast network. Don't miss it. Dan has responded to the uh, air quality crisis in New York by going to Miami, leaving his family behind. Dan, how do you justify yourself? 
Uh, I, I can't. It's 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 it, in it, unjust, non justifiable. It must be really hard, honestly, when you're when they're going through whatever they. What what's it been like for your family in New York? Um, orange, I uh. guess, is the is the, the first word. Um, but I mean, and uh, we'll start with just everybody who this is. This is now a a fact of life for people in all sorts of different climates. You know, that our friends on the West Coast to you know deal with wildfire as a season. Um, in a way that I, I, you know, I've never experienced. So, and this is, you know, I, there, there is the way it's impacted New York, but it's impacting New York because it's all coming down from Canada. So there's people all over Canada that are just like first order dealing with it. It's, it's wild. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, they, I mean, the good news, I don't know, the silver lining is like, if you, if you had the masks from the other thing, um, <laughs> that's, that's helpful in this context. And so you can be prepared in that way. And, you know, do the best you can with that. But, um, yeah, I, I will, I will say, uh, it, it, it made for an interesting conversation in the, how was your day category, with <laughs> the, the, the wife and kids at home, uh, cause it, it hasn't made its way south to Florida. Um, so we're having different experiences. We were already having different experiences and now they're moving very different. Uh, you know, when I traveled a lot, and and had young kids that was always tough because there were times you had to be on the road and you're liberated being on the road you could sleep in the road like what all kinds of things obviously you're working um but it's still like it just it you just feel like a, I, I always did i felt like i i, I should have been home helping i knew i couldn't be home helping but it's difficult so anyway i appreciated uh, the column that you wrote, so so uh, that's good, and I would urge <laughs> people, you. I would urge people to read it, and I have tweeted it out, uh, and it is shockingly uh, about uh, Jokic and Jamal Murray, as one would hope, but I really thought it was a lot of the the the, the stuff was interesting there. Um, what 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 struck you most about that remarkable performance of those two? Well, I think the the, the first thing is it's it's throw a way to phrase this. We, we are now at a place where everything, Jokic is basically modern day Paul Bunyan, but we're watching <laughs> right. it in real time, right? Like any number you can say, anything you could say he did, you're like, oh yeah, well I buy that. Um, so he goes for the first 30, 20, 10 game in the history of the finals. And you're like, well, yeah. Um, but they win and they win going away because of Jamal Murray being there with him. And, and also Jokic has that 30-20-10 game because of Jamal Murray going with him. And I thought that was the thing. Like, I was in that, the, the Nuggets locker room after game two, and they got punched in the mouth. And there was it felt like there was some concern. It felt like there was some uneasiness about, you know, well, we just lost at home for the first time this postseason. Do you know, have we kind of like, the veneer of, uh, you know, uh, invincibility that they've had in, the, in Colorado, like that gets pierced and the heat take home court and head home. And it's, and Murray had, he had been fine in game two, 18 points, 10 assists, but it wasn't as impactful. Only, I think he only had 12 shot attempts going into the last couple of minutes. And it was, it, the volume had gotten turned down on him and he was pretty adamant about needing to get himself going. Michael Malone talked last night about seeing that Jamal was really holding it, like really wearing that game two felt like it was on him that they did not perform at the level they needed to. But he all season long and all postseason certainly has been a guy that whenever he has one dip bounces back really, really hard. And that was 
certainly in evidence last night. I mean, the, the, the adjustment of putting Jimmy Butler on him did not phase him at all. He was, you know, responded to that by ratcheting up the aggressiveness. They leaned into the two-man game even more. They, they have not run more Murray Jokic pick and roll in any game all season than they did last night. Because when you're, you know, the chips are down, your back's against the wall, you go, you do what you do best. And you do it over and over again. And the heat, the, the heat just with the lack of size on the interior, the lack of, uh, of options on the wing, and Murray just deciding, like, I am not going to, to have that happen two games in a row. It was just way too much for them to the point where I think this is the biggest compliment you can give. Kyle Lowry talked about this a little bit after the game. Murray was so good early that they decided they had to bring extra help to Murray off of Jokic. Think about that. They brought help off of Jokic to stop Jamal Murray. And then, obviously, once that happens, you're giving away the whole candy store and, you know, the Nuggets were off to the races. So why didn't the Jimmy Butler on Jamal Murray work this time? I think part of it was Jamal. And uh, Jamal, when I I had asked him about this after game two, like, you know, the, the different challenge that that provides. You know, obviously Jimmy's a longer defender and, and a really good one. And he, he was very complimentary of Jimmy in his hands, his anticipation. But he said, you know, uh, I'm not going to tell you how to beat him. But, you know, I've got ways to beat guys like that. You know, I've seen, I've seen bigger, longer defenders before. And part of it was just, uh, you know, a word that Eric Spolster has been using a ton, like intentionality. If it, you're, you're not double, you know, not thinking, you're not, you know, clicking and dragging, you're going. And he was uh, right off the opening t- the opening tip. All of those Jokic-Murray two-man actions, especially when they were setting the screens up higher, gave him more room to get downhill, and he was just like an arrow pointed at the rim. And we were, as soon as you're able to get a step on Jimmy or you're able to get you know him on your hip a little bit, if you're able to, to create a little more separation there, it gives you more opportunities to create out of that. And he was just – and every time they, they, they were able to get – you know, Jokic's screens were good enough to force a switch to not allow Jimmy to get around it. Every time he had Bam, he was uh, Murray was able to get to his spot for a you know short mid range pull up or you know just get into his shot a little bit early. And I think the 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 quickness with which he was going and the the willingness to sort of uh, lead the dance really helped get him off to a to a strong start. Helped get uh, Denver's offense off to a strong start, and then forced Miami to have to adjust the way it was defending. And maybe I, I know we've, we've gone an awful long way without talking a whole lot about the guy who had 30, 20, and 10, but I think it's instructive. Like, there's no we, – we've seen a game – we saw in game two, Jokic have 40, but the Nuggets offense kind of you know stagnate in the starting lineup a little bit. And the, the rest of the parameters around it didn't change. Michael Porter Jr. continues to struggle. Contavious Caldwell-Pope only took four shots last night. You know, Aaron Gordon is you know, a really important player for them, but he's not going to give you 25-30. The, the change in the starting lineup and what really vaulted their offensive efficiency was just Murray being a lot better. And once you get that with the constant that is Jokic, you've got an awfully tough team to stop. Uh, I wanted to ask you a few more things, uh, quick things before we let you get back to the beaches. I'm sure that's what you do every day. <laughs> <laughs> People have illusions about what sports writers do on the road. Uh, your man divine on Twitter, by the way, read him over at uh, Yahoo, and by all means, listen to the No Cap Room podcast. A um, couple things, real quick. What is going on with CP3? What's going to happen there? And and. Uh, and and how get, you can lump CP3 and Kyrie together for me, please. Uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure both of them would love that very much. I'm sure everyone's <laughs> you know everyone's super comfortable with all that. Um, I think it's 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 a fascinating set of circumstances, and in, in, in no small part because 
the initial reporting on it, it's sort of differing by degree depending on right. who's reporting you read, like how far along the negotiations are we and what exactly is the intended outcome. Yes, the Nuggets – or the, the Nuggets, sorry. I'm thinking about the team that I'm covering in the finals. Um, the the Suns may, may look to waive Chris Paul, but they may do it with an eye toward bringing him back. Uh, just at a lower salary number, he's on the on the books for I believe thirty point eight million next year. Given the the nature of their their salary structure after making the trade for Durant, you've got huge deals for Durant, Booker, and DeAndre Ayton, and really not a whole lot of ways to uh, augment the team or you know re- reorganize the team, bring in more talent. Uh, if you don't find a way to turn Chris Paul's salary slot into either more players or reduce it so that there's room for more players. Uh, potentially opening up something like the mid the mid level exception to add talent. Um, there's a possibility that this is like a, a precursor to a bigger deal where the Suns look to package Paul's you know Paul with Aiton in a larger move that you know what does that turn into like forty five fifty million dollars of of salary outgoing that you might be able to make like a bigger blockbuster deal out of. There's a lot of ways this can go, but I think the the the, the underscore here is. The Phoenix Suns made this all-in trade for Kevin Durant, knowing that like this is your window. Now is when you can win, and if now is when you need to win, you need to explore any and all options to to improve the, your opportunity to do that, which could include trading the guy who made you a Finals team, right? You know the guy the, the, that leveled you up in the first place. He becomes sort of like the booster rocket that falls to the side as you go a little bit further out into space. Um, and then if that's the case. You know, uh, you know, anybody want a, a point guard in free agency to be their starting point guard? And maybe there's a couple of teams in Los Angeles that might be interested in it, who coincidentally might be teams that might be interested in Kyrie Irving in free agency uh, if he actually gets there, which maybe he doesn't because apparently he's uh, recruiting all his buddies to go to Dallas and seeing if they, if they can form new super teams there uh, in irrespective of what the CBA says or how salary structures work or what you can trade and can't trade. I don't think they're going to do LeBron for you for uh, Luca straight up. I don't think Dallas is in the in the market for that. And shy of that, I'm not sure how he gets to Dallas. But uh, that was a, a fun story and uh, new news cycle for a few hours too. Um, I think what what it all sort of boils down to though is with these guys at the top of the free agent market, the reports about James Harden being sort of torn in what he wants to do between going back to Philly or going back back to Houston. Um, you know where where Kyrie winds up, where Chris Paul winds up. These are superstar players, future Hall of Fame players who have some aspect of leverage but are also constrained by a system, and there's only so many lily pads for them all to jump to. And I think what we're setting up for here is once we get past this finals and the the, the draft, maybe some, some furniture moving around in some pretty interesting ways out in the Western Conference. Speaking of once we get past these finals, uh, what did you <laughs> think of Adam Silver's comments about John Morant? Yeah, I mean, so I'd be sitting there in that room. I think the big takeaway in that press conference, from at least from the media members I was talking to afterward, was uh, to say I don't want to distract from the finals with what this is going to be, but it sort of in, in, insinuates or it implies that whatever he's going to say about it is going to be distraction worthy. It's going right. to be, you know, like a, uh, like an, an, Oh my goodness kind of number or, you know, a re- resolution to the, the investigation. Um, and that, I mean, so, so the, the, the immediate speculation after the fact there, after I had a game one was like, is this a, we don't see jaw for half the season. Is it, we don't see jaw, you know, and, and, and then of course, all of that is ranked speculation. We have no idea, but um, the indication was, 
Well, and also like while we, you know, you, I'm sure the Nuggets and he'd appreciate the notion of like, we don't want to distract from the play on the court. The fact that it was such a big, a big question and a big topic and a follow-up. Uh, my colleague, Vinny Goodwill had asked, you know, Adam as a follow-up, uh, you know, do you, do you wind up regretting that there was not a more a significant initial penalty? Do you feel like that might, you know, there might've been an opportunity to, to sort of nip it in the bud. And I think the, the quote that Silver had was like, we're not sure. Uh, it, it's unclear what would cause him to change his behavior right now. So there's a whole lot to it um, that I think is, is absolutely hanging over the heads there. And the indication was, past the finals, maybe past the draft, uh, you know, we'll be ready to, 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 you know, weigh in on this and let, you know, level whatever we're going to level. Uh, and level might be the right word, uh, which then puts the, the Grizzlies in. past the draft, can it? Like, don't you have to, or would the Grizzlies know and not, and the world wouldn't know? Would, don't the Grizzlies need to know? Um, you, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I have no idea. All, all, what, I, what I know, or all I know is that he, he said we, well, when we're past the finals, so I think it depends largely on when the finals end, right? If it goes the full seven, that's uh, Father's Day. That's, he's, he said no, no, you know, no, right. no particular notion, notion on the calendar, um, but that would be the you know, that Sunday, and then you're talking, what, like five days before the draft. So um, it's possible that, you know, that whatever it would happen in that intervening period, it's possible. If, if, the, if the logic is we don't want to distract from the – uh, our big marquee moment um, could end Monday. You know, could end Monday, right? It, it, it could. I, I know. I, I can name a few people in Brooklyn who are wondering about that. But yeah, um, <laughs> uh, it, it could. So yeah, you're right. There could be a, a much larger intervening period, in which case that's some that, that's an area where you could release the news and then move on to you know the draft from there, and hopefully you know bury the stink a little bit. But yeah. It's, it's the, funny, the, though, the in the wake of all this, well, mm-hmm. while I agree, I, when I was off lollygagging last week and I, I heard the comments and they sounded ominous, and that's that I think that that was, if you're just reading the words, those, they, that all sounds pretty ominous. And then I, I didn't, I missed it, but Adrian Wojnarowski at one point said, keep the number 17 in mind. Well, mm-hmm. he doesn't just pick numbers out of the air. No, Adrian he does not. <laughs> so, um, and, like, that would be – I actually don't think it would be an unfair suspension, but I think people have talked themselves into such doom coming down on John Morant that if at this point he got a 17-game suspension, it would be seen as, boy, that's nothing. Yeah, you know, because it's, it's essentially double the first one, right? But then if there's an indication that the first one was insufficient, yeah, I mean, it, it's all – you know, and stuff that you've written about and talked about, uh, I'm sure, to your blue in the face, but that – the, the, that sort of nettlesome gray area of at what point was a law broken? No, you know, at what point was any, uh, and then if, 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 if not ever, then like to what degree is the NBA's responsibility, uh, you know, broader than that? Or, and, and, you know, what, what do you do if, if, at a certain point, if you're punishing optics more than something else, uh, but it, like, should there be a higher standard? There's so all of these questions to, to sort of navigate and figure out. And, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't envy those in the league officers have to make those decisions. That's more of an art than a science, I guess. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, you're absolutely right. Adrian. Well, it's just not, uh, does not just, you know, throw things against the wall to see what sticks. So if that's a number to keep in mind, um, I think that, you know, the, the, the resolution of that will be awfully interesting, especially because what would, what's 82 minus 17? It's 65, isn't it? Because 65 would be the number that would allow you to be eligible for postseason awards and then things like that. So I think that's kind of interesting as, as a, a number to float around there. Okay. Uh, last question. Chris Harrington has written two long pieces about potential replacements for Dylan Brooks here in Memphis. He had a list of 
the far-fetched, and they had a list of the uh, considerably easier-fetched. And the, uh, the one at the top of that list is someone we've talked about before, but someone who plays right in your neighborhood, Dorian Finney-Smith. And he proposes Dorian Finney-Smith for Tyus Jones and says, if you were just a basketball person looking down from 3,000 feet or 30,000 feet and said, how do we balance both of these rosters in a way that makes sense with comparable players, basically, in the league, it would be Tyus Jones for Dorian Finney-Smith. Let's get that done. Does that make sense to you? Well, first things first. Chris, I'm sorry I haven't read it yet. I've been busy. I know it's out there. I'm getting there. I promise. There's two of them. Two of them. I know. And I'll get there. I'm going to have nothing but time eventually. Um, But, yeah, I think that was sort of the the issue for for Brooklyn as they remade their roster at the deadline last year. uh, They became like the uh, oops, all berries, Captain Crunch, like oops, all three and D wings. Like they they just got all of them in, but then they didn't have anybody to get them the ball, really. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 